It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joey Medor. We got you up until 7 o'clock today as this is the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. 6.06 in the clock on this 19th day of October. 59 degrees and cloudy outside. It's been raining. It's been a... Uh, Kind of a dark, dreary day a little bit, but it was a successful week this past week for Athens County teams as they advanced to the third round of the OHSA playoffs. It was less than successful for the Cincinnati Bengals as they had a lead. They were leading the Colts, who were a good football team, and they just could not come around and finish out that ball game. Oh. And, of course, you know, coming up this week, we, we got some more great football for you. But, Joey, I was watching that game. I was listening to that game, and uh, as Joe was driving down the field, he throws that you know, game ceiling interception. Uh, it, it just was, that, that was a tough game because they were in that game. They had every opportunity to go and put that game away, but they let Phillip Rivers and the Colts go all the way back and uh, and come back and win. Uh, but before, just as a, a programming note, before we really get into it here, uh, Bobcats are back live over on WXTQ. Russ Eisenstein for the coaches show. Uh, Russ Eisenstein, Frank uh, Solich, uh, Good to have the Bobcats back on. Of course, uh, WXTQ is a flagship station for the Ohio Bobcats. But you know, back to the uh, back to the Bengals, Joey. I mean, this this was a game that they had to win. I mean, you're talking like you know they had a lead. They're up 21 nothing. <laughs> they didn't just have a lead. I mean, they were they jumped on them early. The defense was pretty opportunistic. Uh, took advantage. Doyle just drops the ball. It turns into a fumble. They go in to score. Force Rivers throw interception. Score again. I mean, it's in a blink of an eye. The game was 21 nothing. You're like, all right, well they got their number they're going to coast here uh yeah the weather outside today kind of represents ohio football yesterday as a whole i mean first of all cleveland just gets destroyed but the yeah. bengals i mean you can't lose that game up 21 nothing in the second quarter you know you're you're zach taylor you're trying to get your first road victory you jump on a team that doesn't have a very didn't have a very good offense up to that point philip rivers was not good at coming from behind when they had to do that this year and the defense just absolutely collapsed i mean Largest comeback in Colts history. Yeah. Despite, I mean, I'm sure it's regular season because they had that yeah. one insane comeback against the Chiefs uh, when Luck was playing. I can't remember the exact year. I feel it was like 2015 around there. But, yeah, regular season, absolutely. And they, did it, they didn't even have to run the football to do it at all. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, he did well with his touches, uh, you know, 12 for 60. Not, not a bad average at all right there. But, you know, you can't let Phillip Rivers throw for 370 on you at this point in his career. I mean, the defense took a step forward last week in the Baltimore game. They did a pretty good job containing Lamar Jackson in that offense. They really limited the explosive plays they gave up. But you just took two steps backwards with that performance after the first quarter yesterday. I mean, they just got lit up by Phillip Rivers the rest of the ball game. And, you know, the offense after the hot start, you know, they kind of went quiet too there. Only three points in the second half. Uh, right. You know, Joe, you know, he no touchdowns, the interception, only sacked a couple times, not a terrible rating at 79, but, I mean, he was only at like 180, 190 yards heading into that fourth quarter, and then they just kind of opened it up and started throwing the ball around. And it, it, what, what's more, most disappointing is they showed such signs of life in that offense. They hit, take, hit T. Higgins down the field. They're getting the ball out quickly on crossing routes. Tyler Boyd had a few big plays on slants early on. You got A.J. Green involved in the game, which is what finally people were, you know, begging for throughout the first uh, four or five weeks of the season. And, you know, it just so many things went right, and then the defense just let them down. And this is what we knew what was going to happen all year. This is not a good defensive unit. They've been, you know, they've benefited from playing some not-so-great offenses that have made them look better than what they actually are. Uh, you know, and it really looked like they started to figure some things out in that Ravens game defensively, but this everything went out the window because, I mean, they just got torched by Phillip Rivers, uh, his skeleton that walks out on the field there on Sundays. Yeah, I mean, Phillip Rivers, again, he's he's a, a very talented quarterback. He's, nah, he used to be. He used to, yeah, he, I mean, he used to, he had a nice career. You know, he, he borderline Hall of Fame career. Now, has he had the success in the postseason that you'd like to see from, from a quarterback like that? Not really, no. Uh, but for Philip Rivers, he's set a lot of regular season. You know, he's a, a stat compiler. You know, he's got a lot of stats. I think they said he's like sixth all-time passing or something like that on, on the broadcast. 
Uh, but 371 yards for a guy who's at the tail end of his career, that defense did not step up in that game. Now, is it all on the defense? I don't think so. On the offensive side, you know, Joe didn't throw a touchdown. Now, he ran in for one. He had a, a really nice day throwing the long ball. I mean, he hit T. Higgins for a 60-plus uh, reception, 67 yards for, for T. Higgins. That was one of the longest passes. That was the longest pass all season long. And they finally figured something out in the red zone to where you know they were getting touchdowns by running the ball in. You know, Joe with the quarterback sneak. You had Mixon with, with a nice run. Uh, you even had uh, Giovanni Bernard with a, a touchdown run. Like that, for the, the Bengals, really did not happen all, all year long. But you, you seem like you finally figured things out here in the first half. You score 14 points in quarter number one, 10 in, in the second quarter, and then you don't do anything in the second half. And uh, you might want to... You know, point a finger and say, oh, well, you know, Randy Bullock missed a field goal. Had he not hit the upright and had he gotten in, it could be a different ball game. But it can't get to that point. You know, you gave up 21 points in the second quarter. You gave up 10 in the fourth quarter where you need to close out the ball game. It, it just did not happen. You know, you had a nice pick. You set up a nice opportunity. That pick led to that field goal attempt. But as an offense, you got to chew up more time. you got to, you know, play with that lead. And you cannot let the Indianapolis Colts come back into this game. That was a winnable game for them. It was a winnable game on the road. And it would have been a nice little feather in, uh, you know, Coach Taylor's hat. But now you got to look at it and say, all right, well, is Taylor really the guy who can lead this team? Now, if you want to say it's the defense, maybe you give him a third year. And I'm not calling for his job just yet, but you got to take a look at this and be like, well, you had two wins last year as his, as a coach. You had one win this year and a tie, but you don't have any road wins. You have not been able to win on the road. You got three home victories, but it, this is the football. It, this is the NFL. You got to find out ways to win games. And I get last year, you know, you're rebuilding. Now you got your franchise quarterback. Now you've re-signed and you have a very talented running back in Mixon. And now even so, you have activated, you know, your your very talented wide receiver in A.J. Green. Green has been one of the most reliable guys for Cincinnati, you know, outside of the last two years. He is one of your best wide receivers ever. And you figured out a game plan for him that worked. But you have to figure out how all these things can tie in together to win the football game because it's nice that A.J. Green has 96 yards. It's nice that you got him involved 8 for 11. He was catching the ball. He was picking up for, uh, third downs, fourth downs. That's exactly what you needed out of A.J. Green. But if you do not come away with the win, then what was it all for? I mean, they, they again, 21 to nothing. They let that lead go away. They let that become a tie, and then uh, they, they were losing by one, and then you know, they, they lost this ballgame 31 to 27. I think it will get better for Cincinnati. But that was just a hard game to, to listen to and finish because of the, the potential that they showed there in that first half. Defense let them down. Defense slowed down. Offense didn't show anything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you you know the easy thing to point to is is it a case of taking your foot off the gas? Because early on in the first half they were very opportunistic on defense, forced a couple turnovers, and then all of a sudden they you know they started trying to drop back in zone coverage and just try to. It, it seemed like that the game plan switched from playing not to lose rather than playing to win. When you're up 21, you got to step on the other team's throat and keep keep pounding away, and that's what the great teams do when they have you down. They don't let you back in the game, and the Bengals are a great team, obviously. We, we, we knew that was going to be the case in the early portion of the season. But, I mean, you got to look at Zach Taylor for that one. You know, you got to keep your guys in it. You got to, you know, when you got a young team that hasn't been there before, you have to be the guy that stamps, steps up and say, hey, man, we got to keep scoring points. They're going to come back at some point. I know it's 21 nothing. We got there pretty easily. But you got you to gotta be able to continue to rally the troops. And he just wasn't able to, uh, to do that yesterday. And as I said, you know, there's no – Philip Rivers, at this point of his career, has no business throwing for 370 yards. Uh, and, you know, it, it, he just made that defense look like Swiss cheese at times. Just when they sat back in that soft zone, he would just fire it in there. And, you know, he's not, he doesn't have the arm strength anymore, man. He can barely get the ball 20 yards down the field. And they just picked him apart from, for the rest of the game on. And, you know, I thought this would be a low-scoring game. I remember talking about it because I, I thought the Colts' defense was better than what they showed. And then I thought, of course, they got dealt some tough hands with field position early on. But uh, And I thought this, this Colts' offense was pretty bad, too. And the, the Bengals had played okay against, uh, you know, bad offenses earlier in the season. But, I mean, 
the Colts just, they just found it, man. They just kind of opened it up once they got down 21 nothing, and uh, Cincinnati didn't have any kind of answer. No. And then the offense goes stagnant for a little bit. I mean, they add a couple field goals here and there, but, you know, as I mentioned, you know, Joe had to throw for, you know, almost more than half his yards in the fourth quarter to try to, to try to will their way back into the game. And then the interception at the end, you know, you're trying to make a play to try to go in and win the game. So, you know, I can't really fault you for that one, but yeah, it's uh that's an unfortunate loss. And that's one where if the trend continues this way, you know, you got to start thinking about maybe Zach Taylor is not the guy because, you know, you can't lose a game like that up 21, nothing so quickly where it looked like you were such a better team and you guys were doing anything you wanted offensively. The defense was making plays, and all of a sudden, just like that, it just turns like that. And as you mentioned, he hasn't won a game on the road yet. I no. mean, that's that's something you gotta you gotta get out of the way at some point if you're gonna be a good team. You gotta you know, the, you know, the goal for you is to win all your home games and try to split on the road. And um, they've won three home games in the last two years. Yeah, and three. I don't know. I mean, they have a tie in an away game. Uh, but You're supposed to get excited about a tie. Whoopee, they tied the Eagles. Yeah. But, I'm, I mean, it's, again, I, I think that there's a lot of good pieces on this Cincinnati team. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's in doubt. You know, you have the franchise quarterback. You know, Joe has looked good. He's looked better than a rookie. Now, the, the Ravens last week, they made him look like a rookie. But that is a very talented team. That's a team that, you know, you're going to see maybe once or twice, you know, depending on who's on your, your schedule that year. But the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson and everybody in that talented defense, yes, that's going to make a lot of you know, established quarterbacks even look like they don't know what they're doing out there. But for Joe, you know, he, again, 313 yards, 25 for 39, completion for, uh, for attempts. Uh, took two sacks, offensive line. I can't really fault them. They only sacked them twice. Uh, and that's much better than the seven times. I mean, you'd love to see, you know, the, nobody – hit Joe back in the pocket when he's dropping back. But, all right, I'll, I'll take two sacks because that's improvement from where it's been. Uh, just the one one interception. I mean, he would have liked to see maybe a passing touchdown in there. I thought T. Higgins, uh, he got chased down from behind. Of course, the 67-yard the uh, reception there set him up nice. That uh, I think that parlayed right into a, a running touchdown yep. either by Mixon or it was, was uh, Joe Bernard. Sneak. No, it was Joe Sneak was that one. Oh, uh, was that? Okay, yeah. Neither one, I mean, but you had three rushing touchdowns and really nothing uh, touchdown-wise th- through the air. Um, now, you got the job done in the first half, but to just have you know two field goals after your three rushing touchdowns, that doesn't help you. you know, that's a 21-0 lead that they had. 14-1, and 10-2. They give up 21 points in the second quarter before you go into halftime. I mean, that, that's on the, the defense. And then the second half, the Colts' defense made the change. They made the adjustment, stopped the running attack, stopped a little bit of the passing attack, uh, and really just, they did. They held the Bengals to just a, a field goal attempt. And one to two in the, in the second half for, uh, for Bullock. Um, I mean, you knew Bullock was going to miss at some point. He's been pretty good over the last couple of weeks, got nine points. Uh, you know, two field goals, three extra points. You know, Bullock has been a, a good kicker, I'd say, outside of week number one uh, where, where he missed that kick. But still, you know, that, that's a – I don't put the blame on Bullock. I put the blame on the defense a little bit, and I put the blame of, on, on the offense because it, you got to figure out a way to score in the second half there. A field goal against a very talented Colts team is not going to get the job done, and it did not. Um, and then next week – then I got the Browns coming up. And the Browns, they're coming off an embarrassing loss to Pittsburgh, the Steelers. They're going to come in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And let's see how Cincinnati responds. No, uh, I don't know. They, that's, <laughs> well, you know, I, I gave them five wins for the season started, but if you just continue to look down the schedule, I don't think they're beating Cleveland. I think Cleveland might come in and beat the doors off them because it's just what happened to them last week. And that they, they, Cleveland knows that if they lose a game to Cincinnati, well, it's right back to okay, they're they're, they're the same. It's just the same Cleveland team that we've that we've seen before. Uh, that you know, even though at times they can show promise, they're never going to be uh, with uh, you know meet the full potential that they could potentially have there. Um, you got the Titans after that; they're undefeated right now. <laughs> You got a bye week, go to Pittsburgh, also undefeated right now. 
then, I mean, you got a three-game stretch late in the season of Washington, New York, and the Dolphins, and you could be competitive in all those games. But this is just what – it's just a game where if you if, – if you wanted to have a, you know, a season where you wanted to try to stick around in the hunt, and, it, and I know that's what some people thought they could do this year, you got to steal that game in Cincinnati when you get up 21 to nothing. You, even if you allow it to become close, you can't blow that game. Right. And uh, – you know, it's a young and experienced offense. It's a bad defense. It's bad O line. I think you start to question if the coaching staff is uh, is you know uh, going to be how it should be structured moving forward. Because you know, good coaches don't lose that game when they're up twenty-one nothing. A good coach keeps his guys motivated and they go on to win the game. How many times you see the New England Patriots blow a twenty-one point lead? Uh, not not often. Uh, yeah. But I've also was surprised to see the Denver Broncos beat the. Beat the Patriots. Well, you know, that's a whole different topic. I'm that just is, talking about, you yeah. know, good coaches, you know, when they get up 21 points on you, they don't blow it, they, you know. And, uh, yeah, it just it just all came down so quickly, too. You know, they got up 21 nothing in the blink of an eye at halftime. It's a close game again. You're just like, well, what, I mean, what happened here? And uh, they just couldn't recover from it. And it's sad. I mean, you can try to look at some positives, like A.J. Green getting involved. Hopefully that's the, you know, that will be the standard moving forward. They still have, you know, Probably one of the best receiving cores. If 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 Higgins continues to play like he is, you know you have Boyd who's been great. AJ Green, if he can continue to uh, project in the right direction, and of course you know Boyd's been great. Auden Tate showed up at times. Um, so they're deep there. Yeah. But but it's not translating to the to the victories right now. And uh, you know you can point to different things each game. It's not just you know I think. Most people thought, ah, it's just going to be the defense all year long. Well, the defense played pretty darn well last week. The offense didn't show up. They scored three points, and they should have got shut out. They kicked the field goal with 30 seconds left to not. This week, the offense, they showed up early. You know, they did enough to win the game. 27 points should be enough to win you a National Football League game, realistically, especially against the Colts, who were not a good offense coming into that game. Um, and it, it just, they just haven't been able to piece it all together to uh, show a victory. Uh, of course, you know, you got the Jacksonville win, but... You know, we see how good Jacksonville is. So, right, and you got that win. You have a win this year. That's nice. Yeah, but now you gotta you you gotta use that and build upon. You keep on building. You know, keep on getting better. AJ Green has got better over the season. Uh, you know, I I say that because he had you know his his ninety plus yards yesterday. Uh, but he he looks finally he's back in a groove. And, and you thought that he might take a couple extra weeks. I mean, even we were talking a little bit about A.J. Green uh, sometime last week. You know, is this the end for him? Does he still have enough in the tank? Do you trade him? Uh, do you let him walk in free agency whenever it is? Uh, but for A.J. Green, uh, it's nice to see that he's back. And now that he is back and that he has proven that he can go out there and be productive against a pretty good Colts defense, right? Because the Colts have one of the best defenses coming into that game. And if he can be that productive against the defense, I think that's going to show some good signs moving forward for A.J. Green. Now, you got to figure out a way to score points in the second half. I mean, just to have the field goal there is, is not ideal. Uh, but a, the emergence of A.J. Green, if he comes back into form, that's great. you got Tyler Boyd, who's been leading your wide receivers all year long, 416 yards. Boyd has looked great. T. Higgins, great draft pick. Uh, second round, right? What was that? The second round, fifth pick or something? I, I forget when T. Higgins was. But regardless, you know, T. Higgins has looked very good. And I think the, the connection between Higgins and Burrow, will be pretty good. You got two good running backs. I'm, I'm happy with Bernard. Uh, I'm even more happy with Joe Mixon. Um, but you got to figure out a way. Again, you scored 27 points, and that's great. But you got to wait and see uh, what it is. We got a call on the line. Caller, this is a sports fan. You're live. Oh, hi. This is Scott Thomas. Scott Thomas. Talking about the Nelson New York Buckeyes, reporter for The Post. We're going to take a short break. We'll get to Thomas on the other side of it. But... You know, wrapping up the Bengals, Scott. Did you did you see the uh, the Bengals this past weekend? Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. I sure did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> either way, Scott Thomas on the line with us right now. We'll take a short break on the sports fan on the other side. We'll break down some OHSA playoff football, especially a big forty-one to six victory for Nelson York over Sims Valley. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is a sports fan on nine seventy and ninety-seven point one FM WATH. 
From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts. We're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. So if you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep on coming and want to learn if you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Even if you've tried before and were unsuccessful in getting rid of your timeshare, call today and see if we can help. We offer a complete 100% unconditional client satisfaction guarantee. Make this completely free call and learn how we can help you legally put an end to your timeshare nightmare once and for all. You have nothing to lose, so call right now to qualify and receive a free consultation. 800-864-5198. 800-864-5198. That's 800-864-5198. Paid for by Airtime Media. Don't miss Southeast Ohio's local music showcase, Ruby Soup, a show all about the artists and bands of Ohio every Monday night. Hosted by me, Paul Holden, right here on Southeast Ohio's number one hit station, Power 105. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Back inside for the Sportsman, right here on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Sportsman presented by JK Contracting. Mills and Mike along with Joe Medor. And on the phone lines right now, Scott Thomas, a reporter for The Post. He's been covering the Nelson New York Buckeyes all season long. And Scott, welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right, Scott. Doing all right. I mean, we're not doing as good as Nelsonville, York, though. I mean, 41 to 6. That was a dominating performance by them last Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. They've um, they've gotten a lot of help from one of their seniors, Ethan Gale. He's really stepped up big in the last part of the season. And Drew Carter, their quarterback, has really gotten better every week. And it really is starting to look like they might be able to put together a pretty deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, and Scott, I mean, after the first two weeks of the season, of course, they put a, a couple of really good teams in, uh, in Wilson and Trimble, obviously. But it looked like, you know, the, the, team, the offense had struggles. Uh, Carter was, you know, was a young quarterback, make a lot of mistakes. But his progression through this season, I think you saw in the playoff game, them being able to connect on the deep ball has really shown. You know, what kind of improvements have you seen from him you know, as the season has gone on this year? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think they look pretty much completely different from the beginning to the end of the year. Um, I talked to, to Coach uh, Rusty Richards about it a few times. Uh, Drew had actually only played like six or seven games at, at – starting quarterback like ever coming into the season so he had a lot to learn and as the year's gone on he's looked better in every game and he's uh been able to go through his progressions faster and he, he's gotten a lot more accurate as the year's gone and he it just looks like a completely different team than those first two weeks they've won five in a row and and they're really rolling right now and scott coming into that game i was reading a couple reports from the local papers that, that covered sims valley and you know, they, they defined the Nelsonville York offense, and this was coming from Coach uh, Rusty Webb, the head coach of Sims Valley. They, they said that they were preparing for a spread offense uh, from Nelsonville York. And, you know, I had seen what they did against Athens. It was a, a big win for them, 36-6, to I believe. Uh, they opened up the running game, and, of course, I haven't seen them a whole lot. I've uh, seen them three, three times now, three or four times this season. Uh, but would... Do you think that it was a, a smart way to, to kind of prepare for that offense, prepare for the spread? Or do you think that, you know, Sims Valley might have misjudged, you know, what Nelson York's offense uh, w was really doing this year? Oh, I think uh, it really depends. A lot of times they, they've really struggled to, uh, to really open up their run game this year. And I think against Sims Valley, they did a really good job and had some really big chunks in. Um, I think that it probably was a pretty good way to prepare. They've run the spread a lot, but um, in the first half especially, they're really, really big on trying to get that run game established with, you know, Kobe Bennington and uh, Colton Snyder. And they, they bring in a jumbo package with two fullbacks every once in a while. So it's it's a big offense with a lot of different formations, but I would say spread is probably one of the top ones that you're 
they're really going to have to prepare for. And Scott, you know, just talking about you know the playoff game a little bit more there. You know, when we heard the kind of offense Sims Valley, they were going to run up and try to run power, and you know that wing T offense. I was saying, I feel like that plays right into the Buckeyes' hands because they've just been so dominant up front, especially after the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, the yeah. most points they've allowed since week three has only been 16. They've been playing extremely well on the defensive side of the ball. You know, did you also kind of have that assessment that, you know, up front they're a really experienced team on both offense and defense. Their D-line has played really good this year as well as their linebackers. It just seemed like Sims Valley was going to have trouble with that, being that they were just going to try to show up and overpower them. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I don't think that Sims Valley had a first down until, like, halfway through the second quarter. Yeah. Um, that middle of the defense is really the strength, and it's where a lot of their experience lies for Nelsonville York. Um, Colton Snyder, he's the middle linebacker, and he's been, he's been a starter for four years. He was, he was starting in that playoff run when Nelsonville started 13-0. Nelsonville York started 13-0. And then uh, they've got Christian, Christian Wiseman. He got hurt a few weeks ago, but then they had to buy, and he got healthy, and he – is another really good run stopper and can rush the passer as well. So I think that really played into the strength of that Nelsonville York defense for sure. And Scott, one of the things I we saw the roster, the official roster for Sims Valley, and you know they they do what they do and they've been successful with what they do. Uh, Coach Rusty Webb has done a nice job with that program. However, you know they they had no wide receivers listed. They had no quarterback officially listed on the roster. I mean, Luke Leith is the quarterback. He was the guy who was receiving the snap. But I don't think I've ever seen a roster that didn't have at least a quarterback, you know, designated on their official roster. Yeah, it was it was a little bizarre to watch them. They had they had one main quarterback, but whenever they would throw the ball, if they would get into third and long situations, they would actually bring in somebody else who was who's playing more of a running back for every down. So. And really, um, before the game, they didn't have enough players to set up a scout defense. I think that that roster is just really, just really stretched for for players right now. And they did as well as they could with what they've got. I think. And Scott, you know, uh, what was the atmosphere like in the stadium? Being that you know, obviously, still a playoff game, you get you get that that feeling. But you know, the games down here, they get packed, especially when the you know, in Athens County when it's playoff time, and uh, obviously you had the limited capacity. Did it still feel like a playoff game to you being in that atmosphere, or was it a little bit different? Um, I think, I think it definitely did feel like a playoff game. It felt, it felt a little, a lot different than the the regular season games so far this season. And obviously, obviously there weren't as many people there as there would be in a normal year, but um, I think it was it was a little colder on. On Saturday night too, so I think that brought more of a playoff feel because usually we'd be playing these playoff games in what November, right? For, like, the yep. first couple rounds. So I think that you know the weather a little bit, and I think the atmosphere really did feel like a playoff atmosphere. And I, you could tell that Nussville, um, Nussville York really came out with a lot, with a lot of intensity, and you could tell that they had really prepared seriously for that game. And, again, we're talking to Scott Thomas, the reporter for The Post, covering Nelson New York Buckeyes, does a, a great job covering that team. Um, you know, Scott, I was I texted Coach Richards after the ball game on Saturday, and I, I said, hey, Coach, great job. Uh, team looked pretty good, and looking forward to you know, calling the game next week, next Saturday up in Fairlands. And he responds and says that they've got a couple things to continue to work on, a couple things to clean up. I mean, in a 41-6 uh, victory, you know, did you see anything that Nelsonville York had to clean up? Because these guys look pretty good. Oh, I mean, obviously, I think it was a pretty dominating performance across the board. But once again, they—he's told me—he's told me all year that they've been looking to get this run game going. They're—they're they're looking to get like a hundred, hundred, hundred fifty yards a game just to take some of that pressure off of Drew Carter because he still is just his first year starting. Um, Coach Richards, he—he he dialed up a couple of. Uh, of unique plays and just like in the moment there and they had a couple drops so they just want to make sure that they're catching the ball and they're just going to find two things tonight i think they really have a good shot against Fairland this week yes yeah, god that's what i was going to ask you about next Do you know much about this Fairland team what to expect and what kind of challenges they're going to they're going to provide for nelsonville york this weekend uh from what i've from what i've heard or what i've been told by uh coach richards is that they they're more of a spread offense they like to throw the ball and i think that think that they are well prepared for that they've got they've got pretty good corners they've got a senior and 
Kurt McDonough out in one of the corners. He's got a few interceptions this year, and they've they've prepared against a couple of offenses that are like like this one that they're going to see with Fairland. I mean, they just played Athens a couple of weeks ago. Um, Meg's ran a pretty similar offense too, so um, I think it should. It's a little more challenging than a team that runs the ball the whole game, but I still think it's a it plays pretty well for their for their defense. Because I was going to say there, Scott, I mean, Nelsonville, York is uh, on that defense. They just hammered and continued to, to stop that run and where, you know, they would punch through, get through the line of scrimmage and, and tackle them for a loss. And then they try to throw it and it'd still be a loss. Uh, I, it was not a whole lot of positive yardage through the air for Sims Valley. Uh, so you don't think that there's going to be any issue, you know, stopping the pass? Uh, I think that the secondary is definitely some of the inexperience that they have on that team. Because um, Brandon, Mar- Brandon Phillips, he went down early in the year, and he was kind of one of those outside guys. But I still think that Dakota Amen, he stepped up and done a good job. And those, their outside linebackers have done a pretty good job of keeping keeping it contained and keeping everything in front of them. So I think that – and I don't think that they're going to let the run beat them. So if they're going to lose, it's going to be through the air, but it's going to be really tough to make that happen for Fairland. Yeah, and Scott, I mean, a big development that happened in the region over the weekend is the you know the number two seed Centerburg ended up losing their playoff game to the 18 seed, 42 to 41, right? And w- with that being set up, if Nelsonville York is able to pull off this uh, victory over Farrell in this weekend, you know you're, you're going to have yourself a home regional playoff game, and you know that that is that is really exciting for this team late down the road. You got to think that that could be a little bit of motivation going into this game this week. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. I don't think that was expected at all. Um, they were pretty much prepared for this Saturday to be their last game at home last week. Um, I talked to Ethan Gale about it after the game, and he said that his, his family had been playing on that field like his whole life, and his dad and his uncle had played on that field. So, And I think that it's the same way with a lot of guys, and I think that Boston Field means a lot to that team, and they play really well there too. So um, I sure would like to see them play at home again just to – keep the season going and you know i think that playing at home and not having to do that long drive would really play a pretty big advantage especially that late in the playoffs yeah especially since you know if you get that far right we take a look at the 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 region region 23 um you'll either have the 18 seed londonville or cole grove dawson bryant uh those are the two teams uh, on the other side of the bracket on the region side nelsonville york and proctorville fairlands Whoever wins this game will advance to face either of those two, and then they get another home game before it is a uh, regional finals. So that they'd get the regional semifinals at home, and then they'd go and, and have a, a neutral site location for the regional finals and throughout the rest of the season, and I think that helps whoever is a higher seed. To go this far and to have home field advantage, that's, that's definitely a plus. Yeah, home field advantage is huge, and... You know, it's really. I think it's really difficult to get off a bus and play a football game. Um, they're going to have to drive. I think it's an hour and a half or so, or it might be a little bit more because I'm in Athens and they're in Nelsonville. But it's like an hour and a half to two hours to to Fairland this week, and that's the longest drive they've had to make this year. I think the longest they've had before that is River Valley, and they you know came out and stomped them. Um, and Wellston was another long drive, so I think it'll be interesting to see how they handle handle that long road game and being away from their fans for this week's game. They're going to make you make that trip all by yourself, Scott? You're going to have uh, some company for that one. You know, uh, <laughs> it, right now it looks like I will be going alone. Oh, boy. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a really tough sell to, you know, get somebody to go down there with me. But, it's good. you know, we're working point. on it. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, you got to go out there. And, you know, have All right, so who did you reach out to? Because we've been trying to reach out to the athletic director, uh, uh, Gorby, who's the, the AD for, of Fairlands, I haven't heard anything back yet. I mean, you're good to go and cover that game, right? Oh, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I haven't really been able to, to get a hold of anybody, but uh, I think I'll be in Nelsonville next week, and I'm, I'm sure that Coach Richards will help me out with that. Yeah, um, he's, he's got to be my next call because I haven't been able to get in touch with anybody. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll definitely I'll let you guys know. Maybe I'll come on the show again just for that uh, purpose. <laughs> so I'll let you guys know what, uh, 
yeah. how that works out for me. Yeah, Scott can be like our Ian Rappaport, just call in, drop the uh, <laughs> breaking news. Yeah, we'll have uh, if if we can't get there and Scott gets there, uh, you you'll have to have the the play by play duties. Can you do that for us, Scott? You know, this is my first time ever uh, displaying <laughs> my voice for a sports opportunity, ever being on the radio. But I'm sure I can handle it. You know. Hey, listen, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. Why not, Fairland? Scott Thomas, reporter for The Post, does a great job covering those New York Buckeyes and, of course, you know, doing a lot of coverage for uh, The Post, Post Sports. Uh, looking forward to seeing what you do next. But, Scott, thanks for joining the program. Yep, thank you guys for having me. Great having Scott on first time on, on the program with him. And, you know, listen, he's been covering the Buckeyes all season long. we got to get our uh, – Post doesn't have anybody covering uh, Trimble, though, do they? No, I don't believe so. No. Uh, now they have a person for Athens. They have a person for Alexander. Right. They had a person for – they have Scott, obviously, for Nelsonville, York. I think that's the extent of their what their high school coverage was and usually is. Uh, really? Well, in an ideal year for them, I'm pretty sure they only cover Athens because, you know, they uh, – um, they have their, all their other sports to cover, but obviously that hasn't been an issue this year. I mean, they, they, don't, they always have the biggest staff over there. So, but Listen, they do yeah, a good so. job covering the teams. I know I, I hounded somebody from the post the other day just because you know, they had incorrect information, but, hey, you know, you got to get it right, right? But Scott's gotten everything right so far. It's good to have him on the show. We'll take another short break right here on the Sportsman. On the other side, World Series is set. And, of course, Tomcats advancing into the OHSA postseason round number three as they've got a big game coming up on Friday with Burn Union. This is the Sportsman at 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Is pain from an injury interrupting your life's game plan? With comprehensive and minimally invasive surgical services available at multiple locations and an affiliation with Marshall Orthopedics, Holzer has the team to keep you off the sideline. With Holzer on your team, you'll be in the game for the moments that matter most. Holzer Health System. Excellent care every time. Stay on top of the news every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 and 97.1 FM, WATH. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. It's The Sports Fan on 970 97.1 FM, WATH, presented by JK Contracting. Mills and Mike, along with Joe Medor, up until 7 o'clock. You got us Monday through Friday, 6.06 through 7, all the weekdays. And, of course, weekends off, except if we have high school sports. Uh, first live broadcast over on WXTQ of Bobcat Sports, as we are the flagship station for the Ohio Bobcats. And uh, Russ Eisenstein is on. I think Cam Odom is uh, is one of the guests on the coaches' show. Uh, I think Frank Solich, of course, that show's been going on back-to-back. Uh, -back. So we, we haven't been able to listen into that one. But if you have, I mean, that's... Uh, that's great. You know, it's great to have Russ back on the airwaves. I think he does a nice job calling those games. Uh, and, of course, Rob Cornelius, given the, the Bobcat insight, uh, all the stats, all the information, uh, he's, I think he's been with the Bobcats, Joey, since the 1990s. And if he hasn't been, if he's listening now, I'm sure he can call in and, and correct. Uh, I, I did a stand-up in front of the Jambulance. He said one of his things that he uh, regretted not doing here was, was doing a stand-up in front of the Jambulance. Mm -hmm. And that thing is pretty cool. I, I like taking the Jambulance out to the games and hopefully, you know, at Trimble and, and why you know, people have enjoyed you know, having the, you got the music out there when we're not in the broadcast. You got the music coming into the stadium. You got the broadcast, no matter where you are. And then, of course, uh, you know, a little bit of a post-game show. You hear Joey, you hear Troy Bolin uh, for the Football Friday Night post-game show presented by Hugh White Hot of Athens and Lancaster. Uh, so it's it's been a fun couple weeks, but uh, again, coach's show over on WXTQ. We just had Scott Thomas call in from the post uh, momentarily. We talked Nelson New York Buckeye postseason football. He's covered them all season long. And yeah, for Scott, I mean, 
good to have him on the air for the first time. And yeah, that team does look like it's a, yeah. a pretty good threat to uh, to go deep into the tournament this year. Yeah, yeah, they do. They're playing well. They got they. I mean, you know, you kind of like remember with Athens with uh, the basketball tournament last year, right? How everything just set up kind of perfectly for them to make some kind of push. Of course, they eventually lost to uh, Logan Elm because they shot like 102% from the field in that game. But, um, uh, you know, you, you have that opportunity now where if you win this weekend, you get yourself a, a home game. And, if you know, a home game heading into the uh, the regional final is huge, I think, for that team. And that, that would be that would be something that could be really special. And it hasn't, been, hasn't happened in Nelsonville, York in a couple of years here where they made that deep of a run. And they're clicking on all cylinders right now. And uh, yeah, glad Scott called on because uh, I, I mean, he was, I, I've noticed it's freshman year. He was in my learning community. And uh, I just remember he showed up to like one gridiron glory meeting <laughs> and Man. just talked about how he was scared to death of like being on TV and like people hearing his voice and stuff like that. He just never came back, went to the post. Now he writes, does a good job doing that, but he had a good. Yeah, and he mean, actually just texted me and said he had a great time. So Well, good. I mean, hey, we're not scary over here. We don't bite. <laughs> you know, you come on, we give you the time to talk. And, of course, our phone lines are always open at 740-592-6646. Trevor Stevens, a frequent caller. Uh, Russ Heltman, of course, we, we reach out to Russ, and he's got great insight on uh, you know, Cincinnati Bengals as he covers them for Sports Illustrated. Uh, what was the official title for that? Sports Illustrated. All uh, all coverage, yes. all bangles or something yeah. like that. Um, but we, we got him calling in. Yeah, it's good. You know, we uh, welcome any and all phone calls onto the program and, and hope to yeah, talk sports with you. But uh, for Scott Thomas, yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, don't worry about what you look like because all you have to worry about is just talking. Right. You're but, pretty good at that one. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. They, they say that I have a face for radio. I made that joke. Uh, you're not the first. <laughs> anyway, this is a sports fan of 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Uh, of course, uh, coming up this week, Trimble on Friday, Nelsonville, York on Saturday. We have the World Series. Uh, they're set. World Series with the Dodgers and Rays. Um, but let, let's a little bit about Trimble. Yeah. Uh, Tom Katz looked pretty good. Good win. Uh, in the second half. The first half gave Heath Lizzie. and I a little bit of a scare. And for that, I mean, it, this, they cleaned it up in the second half. They got their, their jitters out. Uh, they were able to stop Kilburn. Kilburn did go down with a little bit of a leg injury towards the end of the second half, uh, end of the, the first half, going into the halftime. Um, and, and they were really able to just eliminate him. And he was the only guy really giving them any trouble. I mean, 100-plus yards, I think north of 150 on the ground for, for Kilburn, uh, Monroe Central. And he, he was a talented runner. Uh, he yeah. was a guy that... I don't think has run against Nelsonville uh, against Trimble. Uh, that's a, a special talent at the running back position right there. Yeah, I think you made the the, the point uh, during the broadcast of Trimble is not used to having a kid come into that stadium and run on him like he did in that first half. And uh, I think it, it could have caused a little bit of a shell shock there early on. Just like, you know, what's going on? We're, we're Trimble. The people don't come in here and run the football against us, but they were doing it uh, with, with huge success. I mean, they had a 20 to 12 lead. At one point, I remember Heath being on the broadcast saying, I don't, you know, if they go in to score again here, it could be some trouble here if you go right. down a couple scores. Um, but, yeah, as you mentioned, they're a young team, you know, uh, got out to a little bit of a slow start coming off a bye week. Maybe that had something to do with it as well. It was a little cold outside for the first time, probably all season long. You know, ball gets a little slicker there. They had some turnover issues. You know, they were going in to score. They couldn't get stopped on offense. They stopped themselves a few times in that first half, and that allowed Monroe Central to pick up some momentum. And then, you know, they were having success running the football, and they were able to go down and march down the field and score and keep it close. But, I mean, Trimble just came out in the second half, and whether it was whatever Coach Ferris said at halftime, you know, if you know, they stopped turning the ball over on offense, but the defense showed up. The offense just started clicking on all cylinders. They were getting the big pass plays down the field. And uh, it was a real impressive second half, as you mentioned. I'm not sure you want to come out and start off that slow again this week against a Burn Union team that uh, has been playing pretty well these past few weeks because, uh, you know, that, that might be a team where if, if you spot them 14, you might not be able to come back. But uh, if they could start out how they, how they played the second half this past week, and they're going to be fine. They're going to keep on rolling through this thing. But then again, I mean, it goes back to your point to where, you know, the offense was not stopped. The offense stopped themselves. Yeah. And it was the turnovers. I mean, it, like you said, it was cold. The ball was a little bit more slick than it normally is. Uh, they tried to get Downs involved with the running attack a little bit more often. And for him, I mean, caught the ball up just twice. Uh, but then they, they adjusted. 
you know, I don't think there was really any turnovers in the second half. I don't think there was a, a single turnover by Trimble in the second half, and that's when they started to dominate. That's when they, they took control of this ball game and they, they just throttled uh, Monroe Central. 47-26 again was that final on Friday. They advanced. They face Sugar Grove Burn Union. They are the ninth seed. They, if you want to call it an upset, you can call it an upset, but they beat uh, Beaver Eastern uh, just by little less, actually beat them by a touchdown, no extra point, 28-22, beat them by six. Uh, so that's a close game right there. Um, and really the only, as we talked about their offense, the only defenses that have been able to slow down Trimble are teams that have done well against other talent in the TVC Hawking. It was a, a disappointing loss, a mixed extra point. I wasn't at that game. I, I couldn't see if there was an extra point. They went for two, what, whatever it was. Uh, but the Wildcats of Waterford, fell to Hannibal River 7-6. to six. Uh, So had they kicked an extra point or if they decided to go for two, I, I, I can't tell you if that, what happened there. Uh, but they lost. That's a close game against the number three seed in the region. And I mean, you got to, if you're, if you're Eastern, who, who they, of course, they won their game over Caldwell despite missing uh, Newland, their number one running back. Um, you got to look at that and say, well, you know, this team barely squeaked by Waterford 7-6. to six, and, and, you know, Eastern went on to beat Waterford, uh, you know, 10-8, to 8, and the only points they allowed were, were on a kickoff return. And then, of course, you got a two-point conversion after that. But right. So I, if you're Eastern, you got to be licking your chops here saying, you know, I, you're probably going to see another low-scoring game between these two teams because Eastern has a stout defense just like Waterford. Uh, they don't allow very many big plays. You know, they only allowed 10 points at Trimble, and Trimble's offense has been their strength uh, throughout this season, I would have to say. So... Yeah, that, that's going to be that's going to be an interesting matchup. And then you know it would have been cool if we would have got you know an all hawking side of the uh, little side of the bracket there. But unfortunately, Waterford just fell short. But uh, Eastern Eagles they get their get their get their first ever playoff win. That's huge for them. And then you know they got a shot this week. They really do. Eastern. I uh, think absolutely they do. I mean, if they go into the regional semifinals, right? Then you're going to get uh, it's going to get a little dicey after that. You don't, you think Howard East Knox? East Knox is a good football team. I think. Right. Uh, I mean, they all right. So they scored 20, 20 points over the 15 seed Toronto, twenty to six. So I, I mean, you can't compare other teams uh, the way that that it is, you know. But the two seed beat the 15 seed by eight. What what, what would that be? That'd be uh, fourteen points. So win by 14, uh, you know, Eastern beats Caldwell 26-14, a little bit bigger of a, a score discrepancy. Or, uh, I mean, it's, it's still a, a good good win for Eastern. And then for, for Trimble, of course, winning by 21 points, the 47-26. to So, I mean, you take a look at it, and you can't just say, all right, this team beat that team by 26 points, that no, team no, beat them by 18 points. Not in the postseason, points. you can't no. do that now. You can't do that, but I mean, on the other side, if you're looking for impressive wins, 47 to 26, I'll take that over a 20 to six win, because that's a little bit of a dominating performance right there. I'd, I'd feel more comfortable with that win than I would with, you know, let, let's say River, who just won by one. So again, it, it's a weird year. It's a weird postseason. You have different teams doing different things, and everybody made the postseason this year, so anybody can can beat anybody this year. Uh, but you, you just got to go out there, do the job, and survive in advance yeah. as we get into the postseason. I mean, what I will tell you is East Knox beat Danville, who is the number four seed in the same region, and that's a team that, you know, Trimble very well could see here if they're able to beat Burn Union this week and Newark Catholic. There's a lot of good teams left that, to play, and, you know, me and Heath were talking about this on Saturday. Trimble got a tough draw when it came to the side of the bracket they were on. I mean, Monroe Central was a pretty good 16 seed. Burn Union's a good nine seed. I mean, Mike Roth comes on here and tells us all the time how good they are and how they're going to, you know, come in and shock the world, perhaps. Uh, I think he's kidding a little bit too ahead of himself with that one. But, I mean, if, whether they play Danville or Newark Catholic after that, that's going to be tough, you know. All right. three, they're getting they, Trimble's not going to get a pass all the way to the uh, regional final, and then you assume that's not going to be a pass either. No, but I think it does help Trimble because they, they are battle-tested, right? They, they are big game-tested so far because Monroe Central, they were not a bad team. We saw that in Kilburn. We saw that that was a talented offense, and they put up 20 points against a very good uh, Tomcat defense in the first half. You know, they, they got the job done, but Trimble was even better. They overcame that. You take away the turnovers, it's, it's a blowout. You know, it, it's Tomcats all the way. There's, there's no concern about it as we head into halftime. 
But then for for Trimble and Burn Union, I, I mean, I'm still going to take Trimble over Burn Union nine times out of ten. I'm not going to count Burn Union out, but I'd still say that you know, the number one seed, who's still seeded third or picked third in the AP poll, I'm going to take the Trimble Tomcats who are getting recognition over Burn Union. Um, you know, and then, of course, when if they advance, uh, Danville, Newark Catholic, two good teams. Let's see who comes out on top. Uh, but you got to take it week in and week out. Phil Ferris is going to have his team ready to go uh, no matter what it is. But that, it's, it's that time of the season where it's exciting football. And they, they played some good football there in that second half. They take that second half and extend it for a full four quarters. Easy 40 nothing game. You know, maybe 46 to 6, something along those lines. But that was a, a good team that Trimble beat. And I think they're ready. I, th- I think they can go in and really, really make a deep run into the postseason. But their test is Friday against Burn Union. Yeah, well, for the young guys, I mean, you now have that first playoff game under your belt, and it's a win. So, you know, you can take that despite it being a little shaky in the first half there. They, they came out and they, they blitzed them in the second half. And, you know, you, you came out with the results you wanted. Um, so you, you got that with you. Carry that into this week. But don't overlook this opponent. You know, I know it can be easy to look forward in the, some of these playoff games. Which you're like, well, we could play Danville and Newark Catholic. Those are two really good teams. That's going to be a really good game. Well, you got to get past this first challenge at, at first. And uh, I think they will. Uh, I think they definitely should. You know, Trimble has been the best team in the TVC, uh, bar none, this year so far. And uh, I think they're going to continue to show it against Burn Union. Um, Burn Union... You know, it, it, it's been a shocking year for them, but they haven't necessarily beaten anybody that, you know, is, you know, crazily I- impressive. Uh, so, you know, I think Trimble has the better resume. Therefore, I think they're going to be able to go on and power through. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a similar to this first half where, you know, it might be close at halftime, 14-7, 14-10, something like that. But I think Trimble, once again, just the strength in numbers. They, they, they just have so much talent. To, at some point, the physicality, the talent, it's just going to overwhelm you. And that's, how, that's what they do in conference play. It's what they've done in the early rounds of the postseason in the past, and I think they're going to continue to do that. Yeah, and I think they've definitely wore down Monroe Central in the second half. You know, they were a talented team, but they got tired. Trimble never gets tired. You know, they, they finish out that game. They're well-conditioned, and they will just keep on going until that final whistle blows. And you, you saw that mentality there in the second half. Uh, Kilburn, I think, was held to about 20 yards instead of 100 plus in the first half. Like he, he, I think he finished with 180 yards. I saw the the article by Wiseman, who had the official stats, uh, but Wiseman put him down for 100 plus. Uh, the majority of those rushing yards came in the first half, and then they held him to like 20 or 30 rushing yards in the second half. That is what that defense will do to you. Uh, he ran all over in the first half. Got stopped in the second half, and it was pretty pretty impressive by that defense to adjust and uh, and stop them there. But if they do that, they're going to go far. Either way, you know it's a big weekend coming up. Again, we got Ohio State football coming your way on Saturday. All right, here on 970 WATH, we got Nelsonville York on Saturday over on WXTQ, and then of course Ohio uh, Bobcats which they are just wrapping up their show right now with Russ Eisenstein and Frank Solich. Uh, those are on Monday. And uh, yeah, a, lot of, a lot of sports coming back in the area. And that's, a, at least for us, Joe, that's a positive thing. Yeah, that it is. It's going to be, uh, you know, we're coming down to the wire here. You know, we're kind of getting to the point where uh, this would be like where the normal playoffs kind of with the amount of teams. So it's going get, to gonna get hot rather quickly. Big week ahead. This has been the Sportsman, a 970-97.1 FM WATH presented by J&K Contracting. We thank Scott Thomas for calling into the program, and we will see you tomorrow at 6.06. CBS News is next. In our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1.